Looking to find collectible figures at low cost with superior customer service? Fanboy Collectibles is one of the largest retailers of high-end collectibles on the east coast of the USA. Carrying a full array of hot toys, enter-based, sideshow collectibles, 3A and all the top manufacturers. The Mexican International Package is shipped daily, all fully insured with tracking number and securely packed. Getting it to you as quickly is important, but not as important as your collectibles arriving in pristine condition. Are you looking to pre-order an item to guarantee you don't miss it when it's released? Well, Fanboy Collectibles does that too. If you got a question about an item, give them a call, shoot them an email, or even leave them a message on their Facebook page. Fanboy Collectibles is available full-time to respond to you and to get your items to you as quickly as possible. Anyone can make a sale. Fanboy Collectibles knows the key to being successful is repeat customers. That comes from doing the right thing by you and making customer services their priority. Fanboy Collectibles. For some it's a hobby, to them it's an obsession. Welcome to episode 12, the starting to get funny thought kid episode of the Hot Toy Cast. The upmarket and altogether dashing podcast about all things high in collectibles, from action figures from the likes of Hot Toys, Enterbay, A3 Toys and Sideshow Collectibles. Your hosts and I will review and discuss the latest news and releases from your those toy companies that make action figures that mix a bit like Benjamin Button. Now if you will, allow me to introduce your most magnificent hosts. My name is Master Eamon O'Donoghue, also known as Eamon on Toy Boards. This is Master Michael Crawford, known as Michael Crawford, just about everywhere. Uh, my name is Jeff Parker, also uh, going by the pseudonym of Wookster in a few places on this planet. And today we are delighted to be joined by sculptor extraordinaire Trevor Grove for some insights into the industry and some Q&A from ourselves and some equally classy listeners. Hello. Hey, how are you guys doing? How's it going, uh, Trevor? How are you doing today, sir? I appreciate the invitation to join you guys. This is cool. Oh, well, there you go. Cool, right, cool to finally put a voice to the face. <laughs> After all these years of seeing you on Facebook and various other uh, other places online, it's nice to actually hear that hear the voice. Uh, boy, I hope I don't disappoint. A voice, <laughs> a voice at head sculpt even. So, Trevor, <laughs> Trevor, could you take us off then, sir? Like, you know, give us let let us know who you are and what folks will know your work from. List your no like, problem. Yeah, um, Trevor Grove. I've been working in collectibles field now for about. Seven years, uh, mostly with sideshow collectibles. I think most people associate me with portrait work, likeness portrait work. Um, stuff I've done uh, mostly with sideshow is I've done a heck of a lot of Harrison Fords. <laughs> I mean, most yeah. people know those. Uh, I've done some Star Wars <laughs> stuff. And, uh, I'm trying to think of ones we've done. Gosh, it all kind of slips by me, but <laughs> yeah. uh, some Lord of the Rings things with them. Um, I have yeah, admit, just a, Trevor, a whole bunch of stuff. I was going to say, Trevor, I have to admit, over the years, I mean, obviously, we're all impressed by the stuff you've, that, you know, the stuff you've been doing that you're commissioned to do uh, for the, for the mainstream, the stuff that actually ends up on the on the, uh, on the market. But I've, you know, watching you from the sidelines as well, I've been really impressed by a lot of the stuff you know that you've been showing on DeviantArt, some of the kind of more personal projects, stuff you did on Tom oh, Waits. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Thank you very that, much. Yeah, that stuff's that, really. Very oh man, fun. that blew me away. The Tom Waits portrait was just beautiful. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Tom Waits, and that's something yeah. I had been trying to do for quite a few years, actually, and failed a couple of times, and got one that I really liked, and unfortunately, I, the molding went bad, so I kind of got to go back and do another one. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's always these technical aspects of things where you can't predict what's going to happen, and yeah, that one kind of died on me, but... <laughs> it was very fun to sculpt. I'm glad you liked what, it. What, what scale did you do that at? 
Yeah, that was uh, probably about life size. I wasn't really, oh, really trying to do anything that big, but uh, I, I did it in water clay, and that stuff is it's really fun, and you can just pack a ton of it together without much armature. So I just went to town, and it, it ended up being pretty large. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. I'd, I'd like to go back yeah. and try that again. <laughs> Now, in case folks are wondering what uh, Trevor's discussing, if you want to look on your devices, we'll, we're actually loading up images as we're talking. So all the little head sculpts that Trevor's referring to, you can actually see them on the podcast now. So you see it. So look on your phone or whatever you're listening to right now, and it's there. Ooh, look at it. <laughs> when working for Sideshow, have you produced work like on differing scales? Or do you have a, a scale you always particularly work at? Oh, yeah, we do all kinds of scales. We've... Uh... Uh, most of what I do is either one sixth scale or one quarter scale, but man, we've done everything from like one eighth to maybe one tenth. Uh, I, I actually just recently did a larger thing for Sideshow, which isn't commonly what I'm doing, which was about half scale. They're doing these like uh, legendary scale figures. They're like yeah. three feet tall <laughs> representations of uh, some classic characters. Yeah, that, that, that's been about the largest I've worked uh, for them, but yeah, we kind of run the gamut. <clears throat> so you wouldn't say there's any one particular scale that you, you kind of like, that, that, that you kind of prefer, is it? Is it just one of those things where, you know, you, you sometimes obviously you're commissioned, so you're, you're kind of like, you have to work at a scale, um, but, but right. you wouldn't say there was one that you, you by preference, kind of a drawn more towards? Not really, no. I, I kind of no. like the variety, you know, most of... What I anything smaller than six scale is kind of a little yeah. too taxing on my eyes, but mm. uh, yeah, I, I like the variety of it. You know, it's it's cool to be able to do things. Each one has kind of its own challenges, you know, and yeah, yeah, it's it's to jump around. Cool. We actually have a listener question from uh, the sideshow freaks uh, who wanted to know okay. if. Uh, uh, you know what you could. What were you working on right now? If you can talk about it, anything you can talk about yeah. that you're currently working on, and then any of the cool genre stuff that you uh, are working on right now that would be of interest. Right. Uh, interestingly, I actually can share something. Usually, I can't. I have to be tight-lipped about it. But I uh, I started doing some work with a company called Tweeterhead. They do oh. pre-painted oh, cool. maquettes and things. And um, we recently did an Elvira that just debuted this uh, this month. Yeah. And uh, we're going to be heading into doing a whole line of monsters. So we, oh, we did. Really? Cool. Fred Gwynn is Herman, and we're, we're about to start in on Lily. So that's kind of on my desk right now. I recognize that name, Tweeterhead. Did he, does he do, like, busts and things like that as well? Mm-hmm. I, I think he started uh, doing model kits and things, and he's kind of moving into pre-painted statues. Oh, well, you know him as well, because I've actually, I helped out on uh, one of your, one of his pin-ups, actually, as well, one of his uh, standard, uh, regular, little girly-girly pin-ups. So oh, done, yeah, yeah, I've done, right like, the I've done, like, the poses for them and things, and, and for them. Hey, oh, that's There cool. you go, small world, man, there you go. <laughs> yep, that's crazy. <laughs> the yeah, more, that's, the that's more the I get fun. to meet people in this, in this, uh, this trade, the more I realize how, just how incestuous it is. It's <laughs> <laughs> very true, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, something that I've noticed, you know, recently is that there has been a, a quantum leap in the, in the quality of, of the kind of mass and semi-mass produced figures that are being uh, released by various companies. And there is always kind of new pretenders to the throne kind of coming along and, and offering right. more and more kind of incredible stuff. I mean, it seems like there's so much talent out there. 
Um, and I was thinking, you know, obviously, you know, working in that field, do you, do you ever feel a kind of sense of rivalry? Is that this kind of like, oh, wow, you know, this guy's done a really great job on that. I've, I've got to like better him now. The next time there comes, the <laughs> you know, next time a portrait of, I don't know, whoever it is, Harrison Ford or, or you know, yeah. um, comes up it's, and it's like, you know, you know I've, I've got to mail it. I've never really been a competitive person, but when you do see something that's amazing, yeah. you're like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm nowhere near this. I gotta get better. <laughs> so there is that kind of, <laughs> you know, uh, everybody kind of keeps each other propelling forward, maybe without even knowing it. I don't know yeah. if other people feel, you know, <laughs> like uh, competitiveness necessarily, but no. for me, I I just like I feel like I have to keep trying to get better just to keep up kind of because it gets yeah. every year it seems like the things that were coming out last year and wowing us aren't quite as impressive as the things coming out this year you know and that kind of blows my mind yeah because I've kind of felt that you know as, as a collector being on this side of the fence it's kind of like you know we're all reviewing stuff you know on a week by week basis and just collecting stuff something we don't do to review we're just kind of like knocked out by it and I often feel like I'm looking at something I'm thinking you know, how much better can these guys get at this scale yeah, you know, right. this, surely this can't get any better. But then, twelve months down the line, somehow it is. You know, it's like you know the detailing on. You know, you get into sort of like shadows in mouths where they're putting teeth in from behind, and eyes are just getting better and that kind of thing. Um, and it, it, obviously, you know, looking at the work that you're doing, Trev. You know, the, sort of the, at the scale, that you, the different scales that you're working, it's it's phenomenal. Um, but do you sometimes feel like you know you hand over the job and there it is? It's it's this beautiful piece of sculpting that you've done. But then it needs to be painted by someone else or for a, for a kind right. of a mass produced thing. You must kind of like you know grit your teeth then and kind of hide your eyes. You know, how's it going to come out? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's usually <laughs> not like a, a lack of faith in the other talent involved. No. It's more so just that you. Uh, you feel like, oh man, I, I might feel like I have gotten it right, but mm. there might be things that are wrong that don't emerge until it's been painted, you know? So once you see that, yeah, sometimes you're like, oh boy, I didn't quite get what I thought I got, <laughs> which looked mm. fine in that grayscale uh, sculpt form. But yeah. What would be yeah, a good example just, of that? Have you any good examples of gosh, that? I, I can't even, I, for me, it kind of feels that way about everything. <laughs> or is, is, is so, there a particular anatomy part that you always find that, oof, that always comes out a little out Oh, yeah. No, that, what particular it, anatomy parts do you find difficult? The eyes are definitely the toughest thing. You, right. you get just like a fraction off with uh, the eyes, and it shows so much in paint, you know. Mm. It, I feel really bad for painters when they have to tackle that stuff because it's like if the sculpt isn't completely dead on, it's They've it's really rough. Them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Now, could, could, maybe you could go into a little bit because you've uh, you've got some uh, amazing of uh, one of some of your own things that you do kind of on, on your own privately. My friend, <laughs> my friend, like Dan Reed, he's very interested in like uh, your like head skulls for like things like Breaking Bad and oh yeah, you know Russell, uh, your, uh, your Kurt amazing. Russell heads. And I mean, you, like, I'm looking at your looking at your Facebook here. You've even got Saul here. You've got a Saul Goodman oh, yeah. bobblehead. <laughs> I mean, come on, oh, the Breaking how... Bad stuff. Yeah, that's been an absolute wow. joy for me because I'm a massive like annoyingly massive fan of the shows yep. <laughs> uh, but uh yeah i mean uh, those things i just do on my own time and with breaking bad the cool cool thing there was it actually led to to getting to do some official stuff which was fun <clears throat> you know the, the the toys that have been coming out lately for that but no it's, it's okay. uh, which ones those which which ones have you actually done there now what exactly the officially licensed breaking bad figures have you done so anyone knows oh uh mesco toys came out with some little like posed figures they, they aren't articulate but um and also a bobblehead and we're we're doing a few other things Saul is part of that um 
Yeah, <laughs> I think. But uh, uh, yeah, and as far as uh, my other side project stuff, yeah, that's all just kind of passion stuff. Uh, things I enjoy. I don't have much time for it these days, but uh, it, it's definitely something I enjoy doing. Because you did some very cool work on the Serenity um, cast as well. Oh yeah, thank you. But I take it that was I take it that was a, a passion uh, thing as well. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. I tried oh, to get wow. people to to go for producing that, but nobody seemed interested. So yeah, I just yeah, I've been trying for I've been trying for years to get people interested in Firefly as a license, yeah. for, especially six scale, and they just they just won't bite. I guess it's maybe hey, because of another... something you do. Uh, yeah, it's possible, but but I think there's enough brown coats out there that there'd be interest at least for the main characters without any trouble yeah, at all. Yeah, and I agree. Uh, <laughs> the brown coats are definitely they're definitely a serious bunch of fans. <laughs> hey, we got another listener another listener question. Uh, this one's from uh, okay. Matt Lou, also from Sideshow Freaks, uh, and he's really interested in the overall process when you're working with Sideshow. He has it's like a series of questions here about you know how do you receive the assignments, uh, how does uh, how many does he work on at a time, how much research does he have to do, and what kind, how many revisions do you generally make to a sculpt, uh, and and sure. how how much feedback do you receive from Sideshow? How's the back and forth in that whole process? Okay, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it starts very much the same with every company. You get an email or a call with the project, and you decide if you, you can handle it. And um, most of what I'm asked to do is, is portraiture or likeness stuff. So I then, it, in rare instances, there, there's actual reference that, you know, the company can give you that comes down from uh, the licensor. And the licensor is the, the person who owns the property that's mm. getting sculpted, you know. Uh, but for the most part, I'm kind of left on on my own to hunt down reference, and it, it, the internet, you know, makes that pretty easy. But uh, some people, like some celebrities, are easier than others. You know, you're going to find <laughs> a hell of a lot more photos of like a hot woman than you are like Fred Gwynn. <laughs> so yeah. There's kind of a that that becomes a challenge of it all. But uh, for the most part, I'm able to find enough to work from, and um, I then I go into wax. That's my preferred sculpting medium. It's pretty popular in toys. Um, you know, though, I'm not too sure, like, uh, companies like Hot Toys, I'm not too sure that they uh, work in wax or clay, but it seems like a lot of the most impressive stuff nowadays is being done in clay, which yeah. boggles my mind. Why is that? But, well, it's, um, the cool thing about wax is it's, it's really a hard medium, so it gives you a lot of control, and it also, because it's hard, you can pack a lot of detail into it. So when you go to clay, even a hard grade clay, it's like very delicate. You you can't really hold it. You got to kind of just it, it's just it's I guess it's kind of hard to put into words, but it blows my mind that they can get the the level they're getting in in clay. But that's just that's kind of a yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was going to say, especially when you consider that a lot of the the work that in seems to be being done at one six scale. They're literally doing the originals at one six. They're not like one scaling down. Right, yeah, yeah. Most of what gets done is done at the the size you get it, so it's, yeah. it's really phenomenal. Because normally they but, would um, pentograph it down, wouldn't they? They would work big and they would pen, pen, use a pentograph, isn't it, to scale it back yeah, down again? That's right. That used to be the, the way they did it with uh, production toys and stuff, but yeah, I, I don't really know if that gets done too much in the high-end collectible stuff now. Yeah, it's funny because I, I work the place I work. I, I, mean, I, I could tell you a lot, but I, I'd have to kill you all. But um, <laughs> I work in a building where where some of the sculpture work is done on, for Madame Two Swords, 
and I know a lot of the sculptors in there, and I'll quite often take in some of, some of the toys that I've got and like show them, and uh, you know they're, they're always blown away by it. And they're just like, God, these things are just amazing. Especially when I say, yeah, and not only that, they sculpt at this size. They're not like done one scale or half scale or quarter scale. They actually work right. at this scale, and increasingly they're just like. How the- how the hell do they do it? <laughs> right. It seems to be, the, you know. And the other thing that I find uh, phenomenal is talking to these guys, obviously like professionals like yourself. You know, you're talented people. And you, you know, you work on a on a job by job basis, and you you know, you obviously put your invoice in or whatever. Um, now, obviously, to, to most punters, when they're buying these figures, they're thinking, "Oh God, you know, the prices are going up and it's expensive." And it is. You know, there's no two ways about it. It is getting right. a very expensive hobby for a lot of people to stay in. Um, but a lot of people I know in the trade look at them, and, I, and when I tell them that, you know, this figure would retail at $150 or $200, they're like, really? That cheap? Oh, <laughs> That's wow. the kind of reaction. Yeah. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. Wow, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> in the collector's community, yeah, we all are complaining how expensive exactly, it's getting. Yeah, and, yeah. Wow, that's, that's great. Yeah, and a lot of that, I think, is because I, I don't know how you can get artists to work on this stuff when it doesn't isn't going to take them, you know, three weeks to do that kind of level quality, you know, and yeah. at a certain point it becomes improbable for somebody to work that long and not get a little something in return for it, you know, Absolutely. but uh, yeah. How long, would it, how long would it actually take you then to say, well, say let's pick Benedict Cumberbatch, uh-huh. so you've th- you did Benedict oh, yeah. Cumberbatch for uh, uh, Big Chief Toys, didn't you? Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that took, uh, that was probably about a month, yeah, with, uh, but that kind of goes into uh, the approval process of the thing and the uh, you know the little tweaks and stuff that you got to do, but yeah, it's it the really realistic stuff is taxing. It, it, at a certain point, you you're searching for the likeness in the thing, which yeah. takes a, you don't quite know if you're going to be able to do it. So that takes a certain amount of time, and then mm-hmm. kind of once you feel like you've got it, there's all the kind of uh, the kind of busy work of, of detailing the thing and making it really kind of look flaw as flawless as you can because that. That's certainly expected these days. So, so would you get the basic fit? Because obviously I'm an artist myself, um, not a sculptor, just an illustrator. Um, <laughs> so, so does it, I run this very the way the way that you talk is very similar to, to illustrating in two D, and, and faces are like uh-huh. one, of the, one of the things that I that I kind of specialize in and things like that. So, but oh, excellent. So, so when you when you start off, would, do you work out again? Because Benedict, well, I'm picking Benedict Cumberbatch because a your head sculpt is particularly good. B he's, <laughs> he's a particularly odd looking human. You know, right. So <laughs> I, 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 I would like just mm-hmm. maybe just I'm picking that one particularly and just just discuss how yeah. like so that starts off so you get you got your round piece of clay which oh yeah wax as as, sure. it, as it is for you wax yeah well uh, kind of describe with wax yeah you work in and you have to kind of work with heat so yeah. you heat up the wax and you yeah you form kind of a the basic shape of of what you're doing <laughs> and then you uh, work with heated tools to to carve into that. All right. So, uh, yeah, and that's kind of that's the bulk of the the work right there. And then you can start to kind of, I mean, searching for a likeness. I don't quite know how to to <laughs> describe how that is. No, you have a ton of reference, yeah. you know, and it, it's sort of just comparing the two. You know, <laughs> you're constantly being critical of what you're making. So. Do you find that that trying to do um, pretty people is more difficult than doing people who have some character in their face, yes. some things that you can lock onto? Like Martin. Absolutely. Freeman. Yeah. I, I, oddly enough, though, I thought yeah, Martin Freeman and uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. I thought they would be quite easy because they're both very distinctive-looking people. For some reason, those ones were killer. You know, they they were tough. But for the most part, yeah. 
pretty people are, are more difficult because there's less to latch on to. You kind of usually need lots of open space within the face, you know, to smooth surfaces. And it, it's difficult to make that come through sometimes. Whereas, yeah, and, I, and I, as a as a viewer of that kind of art, it it tends, to, from my perspective, to be that the pretty people when you're when you break it all down do look a lot alike too. Um, you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? It's there's, <laughs> I it's a very true. subtle yeah. difference between one yeah. pretty woman and another pretty woman. There is, yeah. and if you yeah. try to accentuate that t- stuff too much, then it starts to get kind of a caricaturish look to it. So yeah, I can imagine that's right. much more difficult. Also, I, I always kind of imagine that. You know, particularly when you're dealing with fragile egos of, of actors, and then obviously once you've done your work and you send it off to Sideshow and you're happy with it, and they might even be happy with it, but then you, they need to show, show it to the licensor and, and right. potentially the, the people of whoever it may be, whether it's, you know, Robert Downey Jr. or whoever, right. and, and say, look, okay, you know, we need you to approve this now. Uh, and that, that must be very frustrating, as I can imagine there must be a lot of work that gets to that stage where everybody's happy, but then it's like, no, it's not right. Yeah, so he you're doesn't look right. He doesn't look pretty enough. He's not young enough, or he hasn't got enough yep. character, or da 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 da. One and, of the most uh, frustrating things is that you, you don't quite know who you're dealing with. If it's a licensor, I mean, it's very rarely the actual talent. And so, when you're getting these kind of insane criticisms, sometimes it's just coming down from somebody who, you know, their opinion really isn't any more valid than than your own. So it, it's kind of tough. <laughs> well, and I've heard horror stories too of of actors and actresses who don't really know what they look like. Really, <laughs> they have a slightly oh, yeah. different yeah. perception yeah. of their own look, which can make it very difficult for a sculptor trying to capture the real look. Absolutely, exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm funny enough. The reason I mentioned Robbie Downey Jr. You know, I'm now holding in my hand the, 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 the it's not one of yours, I'm afraid, Trevor. It's one that I got from Hot Toys from the new. Uh, Mark Seven oh, yeah. for the for the Iron Man series, and it's a it's a really lovely portrait, and you can tell it's Robert Downey Jr. But it's a kind of nineteen forties matinee idol version of Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, right. He's, he's kind of he's just a little bit younger, he's a little bit more chiselled. He you know he's he's obviously just had a few visits to his surgeon, and and everything's looking just that little bit tighter and more perfect than it is in the real world. It's you know it's undoubtedly Robert Downey Jr. But at the same time, you know, I, I don't know this. I, I, this is just me. This is my conjecture. But I would imagine that you know we know what you guys are capable of. But I would imagine that there might have been a better version out there that's that his people thought perhaps wasn't quite as sensitive as it could have been. I don't know. Yeah, but that's, that's just me. Completely possible. Yeah. Right. Hey, Trevor. I was uh, uh, I was wondering for other artists out there who are looking to you know take it and break into the industry. What do you think? How how did you manage to break in? What do you think was the turning oh, point? Yeah. What did you do to to really get seen? Um, well, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an illustrator, so sculpting wasn't really in my <laughs> even in my peripheral at that point. But at the end of high school, I started kind of. I mean, I always collected toys and stuff as a kid, so I think that's kind of where it started for me. And then in in high school, I kind of started playing around with clay and got fascinated with it and what I might be able to do with with portraiture. It kind of always started with wanting to do likenesses. And um, thankfully, I just started searching stuff online. And at the time, there were some great uh, sculpting communities, message boards and stuff that I was able to get to be a part of. I don't know if those are still around now. I I haven't really been (laughs) as active in that as I used to be. But the great thing I found was that there were very talented artists that were very willing to be forthright in in what they knew. And um, if... So long as they kind of recognized that you you were serious about what you were doing, 
and I mean, I'm very much the same way if, if somebody approaches me now and, and I can tell that they are obviously very passionate about what they're doing, um, as forthright as I can be about what I know. And I think that's kind of essential to getting into it all is just finding people who are who know more than you know and who are are, are willing to share that. But other than that, it's just, you know, good old-fashioned hard work, <laughs> ton of hard work to the, to the point where you kind of start to think you're going a little mad but <laughs> uh but yeah but breaking in at that point was just for me about sharing the work I had done not so much seeking out work but just putting it online letting people see it see if they liked it and you know people kind of started to to gravitate towards it and uh, I got encouragement from some artists that I I really admired to approach sideshow <clears throat> though I'm told the only the, the the way I got into Sideshow was this little uh, this message board competition thing that was going on years ago uh, on Statue Forum. It was oh, this, yeah. Uh, yeah, and they it was kind of like w win a job with Sideshow sort of thing, and a lot of people con uh, contributed to it and did some really cool work. And I, I think I did this, uh, one of the competitions was like Monsters or something like that, and um, I got a Star Wars alien, and we did this little like uh, hammerhead sitting at a uh, cantina table, and I'm told that was like oh, the nice. one thing that caught attention to Sideshow. So you cool. never know. I, I've hardly mm. ever done any alien work since, but it's kind of like uh, it, so long as you do something from a real place, it's probably gonna get attention as you you know get better, and the work comes in after that. Yeah, speaking of aliens, wasn't it? Because um, I know you work for, I'm trying to think what the name of the place is. You do the pumpkin, Villafane, isn't it? Oh, is yeah. Villafane? Yeah, the pumpkin yes. carving. Do you still do that? I haven't done any this year, but it oh, might right. come up. And yeah, Ray and Ray Villafane and, and Andy, Andy Burgles. Yeah. I remember a, I, I used to, like, you know, every Halloween used to like go and have a look at the website because the stuff yeah. you guys do is just absolutely insane. Oh, they're, they're phenomenal. If anybody out there that hasn't seen it, yeah, you've got to check it out. Is it, is it Villafane Studios? Yes, VillafaneStudios.com. Yeah, those guys are amazing. And actually, those two guys are two of the artists I was speaking of earlier. They kind of gave me a lot of encouragement in the, the early days and helped yeah. me out. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's nothing those guys can't sculpt. Because <laughs> I remember Andy, I mean, obviously he's like a stalwart of the old kind of like sideshow uh, yeah. figures. Um, and I remember he, he even did, didn't he do the Hot Toys, uh, the, the Mars Attacks figures? I think he did them as well. I might yeah, be wrong there. I think you're I right. Yeah, yeah. Was that Hot yeah. Toys? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, those are um, awesome. But yeah, for anyone out there that hasn't checked out, check it out yet. Yeah, Villa, I've just, I'm just Googling now. It's villafanestudios.com. And the work you guys do for the Halloween pumpkin carving is just, it's the most insane stuff I've ever seen. It's just fantastic. Yeah, Ray invited me to try that uh, last year, and I was you know, pretty terrified to give it a go. And it's it's a diff very different medium, you know, because yeah. you, it, it isn't forgiving at all. But the yeah. way Ray will tell you, it's like, well, it's just a pumpkin, you know, start over with another pumpkin if it doesn't go yeah. well. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's also, different. I mean, <laughs> cheap medium. Yeah, cheap medium. I mean, the, yeah. the, the ephemeral nature of it must mean that you know, because obviously you're carving on a food stuff of it essentially that's right. going to rot very quickly. Uh, very it's going to start smelling and looking really bad. Um, yeah. So you know, the, the stuff you guys, it's, I mean, it is art. You know, you know, go out and check it out. The stuff that you were doing is just, it's just amazing. It's just incredible. But it, it must just last for like, you know, days if you're lucky, but hours sometimes. Yeah, it's more like hours, and uh, yeah. well, for us, you know, because we think it looks looks best when it's kind of still 
moist and everything. Once it yeah. starts drying out, it, it yeah. isn't so good. But you know, they've they've actually kind of cracked a way to sort of preserve them, and um, they're doing a job in in Hong Kong that um, has the. It looks kind of like a mad scientist sort of uh, lab, and they've taken their pumpkins and they're like putting them into. Uh, big jars of I think a vinegar kind of mix or something and it's actually preserving the work and it should look good you know for I don't even know an indefinite amount of time I guess but uh, it's like pretty cool like that. <laughs> who's, that, who's that German guy that plastifies uh, human beings in the plastification yeah. process there you go. if you can do right. it to people I'm sure you can do it to pumpkins <laughs> exactly can't be that hard <laughs> now we've just been joined by our straggler James Double, and I believe James you there yes Yay, there you are. Hi. Hey, James, guys. James, this is Trevor. Trevor, that's James. Hey, James. Hey, Trevor. How's it going? Very well, thanks. How are you? Um, sorry? Oh, just asked how you were. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm good. Um, and good. I wanted to tell you really quick, if if nobody's said it yet, um, I think your Harrison Ford sculpts are the best out there. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> Indeed, man, that, is, that, is a, that is a true, that's a fact <laughs> statement, kid. That's a fact <laughs> statement. <laughs> Well, it's thank a, you. A yeah, that's to get, it's been how, how come the hot toys? It's just the hot toys one is so frustrating because it's so good. Everything else about it is so good, and the face right. is kind of almost there. I mean, I mean, obviously, I don't want to put you in an awkward position or anything like that here. But but <laughs> if you were to criticize something on on on, on that and say that face, what would? Because you know, you got all the guys in this forms, and you got dudes slicing and dicing. You got guys claiming their art and they know anatomy and blah 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 blah. Right. And <laughs> you know, so you got all these experts out there, these pseudo experts out there, you know, drawing their red lines around their oh, the eyes were portioned. <laughs> well, if you do, you, you, you know the Harrison Ford figure I'm talking about, the the Hot Toys Indiana Jones one. If, if, right. If, yeah. <laughs> if if you were to criticize that, and obviously if 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 that makes you feel uncomfortable, by all means turn this question down. But if you were to criticize, oh no, that, I don't mind. What, what, what would you think that's kind of missing the beat there on that? Because they're so good, majority of the time they're so good, but occasionally there's just yeah. a little bit of a miss there. What, what, what would you think would be the situation that would have happened there, not that would have let such a, a pivotal and important figure as Indiana Jones, because he was a DX as well, you know? Yeah, so I, like, I know, man. It, it's, it's really hard to say. I mean, uh, in, in my experience with Harrison Ford, it's always been incredibly difficult to even get close. So I, I know what they went through with that, and that it's the thing with him is he kind of has some strange features. It, it's sort of if you exaggerate him a little too much, it looks bad, but you kind of can't go quite as literal as as maybe they usually do because it just it doesn't quite look like him. And it, one thing I noticed with it is it, they kind of didn't. Um, I don't think they really uh, did the bend in his nose. I mean, he's got this su- yeah. the slight bend of his nose. I don't remember that really being present in it. And also, it was kind of uh, the early days of the the uh, movable eyes, right? Mm-hmm. And those kind of get this sort of, they look a little too recessed or something. They kind of get a dark edge around them. Yeah. And, uh, Mascara, it, they say. It's a yeah, right. The, the <laughs> which, which works fine for Captain Jack, but it's not so good on Indiana Jones. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. And also, he's got that curl in his lip, too, that, I don't know, a lot of things that, are iconic of him seem to kind of be missing, but uh, I don't know the the trick to capturing him. I still haven't figured it out. Every time I do it, it's like insanely difficult. I don't even know why. <laughs> I, 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 I've always thought there's yeah, I've always thought there's a certain irony to the fact that you know pro- probably the most important film amongst fanboys on this planet is the original Star Wars film. 
Yeah. And the point, mm. the point of fact is that Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill are probably two of the hardest people on this planet yeah. to get right. Why that it's is, weird. I don't know. But yeah, they, they, I you know, can't figure it out either. No. I, I yeah, wonder if sometimes if it's because they're so ingrained on our collective consciousness because we've all seen the films like a million times and we've seen the right. pictures and the posters. You know, we know these people's faces. It's, like, it's kind of like C-3PO's face and the Stormtroopers and, and Darth Vader's, you know. When they're not right, as fanboys, we collectively just know. You know, it's kind of like, yeah. you think, no, I've, I've seen that face so many times, I know that's not right. Yeah, and, uh, and, and you guys at the other side of the fence, it must be like, oh, God, you know, Am I going to get it right this time? Am I going to make them happy? Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how many Harrison Fords I've done at this point, but it's mm. like there's elements I like in, in each of them, and there's just I, I still don't think I've gotten it quite right. <laughs> it's it's madness. <laughs> and Mark Hamill is, is, yeah, like you said, very much the same way. It's, it's so yeah. tough. I don't know why. Did you I do think that's what's most frustrating the... is not knowing what you can do to make it better. <laughs> mm, yeah. And of course, the other side of it is it's not all sculpture. You got to also be able to get the paint right, and then production's got to be right. And it's this real delicate oh, yeah. balance, and you just never know what you're going to end up with. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, paint is such a critical factor. You can you can make and break a great sculpt with with paint. Mm. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Go ahead, James. I was just going to ask Trevor, and uh, sorry to interrupt. Um, did you do the new? Um, did you do the new sculpt for Harrison Ford on the Hoth figures? Oh yeah, yep, that was my work on that. Ooh, yeah, that's, wow. that's one I was oh. pretty happy with that one. I, I'm most happy with uh, Sideshow's kind of playing around with uh, some new techniques, and it looks like it's turned out great. You know, with I don't even know what they're up to with uh, the, yeah, what, what, the production. What could that side. be actually? When you say new techniques, this is like we don't. We're, we're, oh. We yeah, well, I just mean to say, like, the way they're going to be producing things, maybe, you know, materials and paint techniques. I, I don't even know, really. I'm on the yeah. outside of it, but just looking at it, it, it looks quite a bit different than what uh, they used to do, the way they used to approach things. So, yeah, that's that was exciting for me to see the, the Han and, and the Luke. They look, uh, look pretty cool. Oh, did you do you did the Luke, too? Yeah, yeah, both of those. Oh, okay. Um, people, are, yeah, people are losing their mind over those on the internet and where else on the internet I guess but. it's good they, get, they should, they should. They're, they're, they're really good actually they're, they're yeah, very they're good easy. they're very good those two I mean <laughs> why do you think Trevor that like lots of people like there's so many you've you know you've done so many of these great TV licenses now off, off your own back again. You know you, you did an amazing Dexter. You've you've done the Serenity. You've even done uh, the, the 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 Terminator girl from the, the Sarah Connor Chronicles TV show. You know you've done, oh, yeah. you know you've, you've won, what's what's the actress's name again? I forget. Summer Glau. Summer yeah, Glau. You can I mean, Glau, you, yeah. I mean you've, you've done a couple of versions of Summer Glau, and you get all these things. Why do you think we haven't had, um, you know? One six companies uh, getting more TV license. I mean, it just seems like it's a ripe, oh, yeah. it's a ripe field from for freezing. Uh, I mean, there's right at the top: Walking Dead, Spartacus, yeah. Game of Thrones, Dexter, Breaking Bad. That's five major TV shows. I dare say, yeah. if you did a John hey, hey, Hamm, hey, you forgot Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> yes, 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 Serenity. We could go on, but anyway, yeah. Axe Cop. Any one of those? Yeah. <laughs> but it's true, yeah. I, I'm not sure why that is. I, I think it's just that the licenses, like, I mean, this year alone, we've seen how many Iron Man things, you know? I think it's just mm. that that must be way bigger business than even we realize. Mm. And by comparison, it, it's probably 
more important for them to focus on that kind of stuff than and and yeah it's really frustrating for us because we we hope for variety all the time you know both collectors and artists you know what would you and like it's to... just yeah yeah i don't know it's weird what would you like it to is uh, you know i do think there's some of it that that you know sometimes uh the industry gets gun shy uh you know there's yeah. been some notorious flops from the tv side with things but they pick bad licenses they pick the wrong licenses like lost and heroes and um right and, and and companies didn't do well, but they tended to pick, you know, a show like Lost is not a show that lends itself to figures, and it's certainly not a show, sure, it's got 20 million viewers, but I can tell you that 19,999,000 of them don't collect toys, so it's not, right. you know, they're picking the wrong licenses. Firefly is not an example of a bad license. That's I can guarantee yeah. that most of the brown coats buy collectibles, so uh, it's a, it's, they do get gun shy, though. Mm. Yeah, I think that has to be it, and it's it's expensive, you know, to even risk something. So if you make the wrong risk, you could potentially be putting yourself <laughs> six feet under. So it's kind of That's it's right. tricky. It's, yeah. it's like, I don't know. You know you, I would sure love to see more TV stuff. Yeah, it's like you know, said it, but see, you look at you look at a lot of something like Game of Thrones, which seems like a no-brainer on so many levels. You know, it's, it's hugely popular. You know, it's got it's a fanboy favorite. It's it's you know, it's got sword and sorcery. It's got that whole kind of thing going on and the great outfits. But then I think at the same time, you know, sideshow when they were working with uh, the Lord of the Rings license originally. You know, again, I thought that would just fly off the hooks, but it, you know, it obviously didn't. The fact that they didn't pursue it as as vigorously as, right. as they could have done, obviously meant that the buyers out there weren't as into it as you know we would hope. I also think you know the buyers market has increased and changed quite a lot, quite drastically over the last what like, four or five years. Yeah. So I wonder yeah. if the kind of people that are investing and had the money to spend on all of the rings at that level of kind of collectibles has changed now. So I wonder if, you know, those kind of people would be more into buying like high quality Hobbit figures or whether they would then invest in uh, something like Game of Thrones. Yeah, when I mean, you're I'd asking like to people, that. Yeah. I mean, when you're asking people to invest, you know, $150, $200 a, a figure, it's, uh, right. and if you're going to, if you're going to like do the, do the line justice, then you're going to need to do a lot of figures. Um, so, uh, you know, it's that catch-22 position. It's like, you know, do you just buy the figures you want? In which case, you're not supporting the line enough to make it go further. Uh, and if you buy them all, you're going to go broke. It's kind of like, you know, where right. do you go? Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. It's yeah. So, yeah, is it worth paying whatever you got to pay to get a license just to produce one character that people are definitely going to buy? <laughs> and that's mm. kind of all you make from the license. So, yeah, I don't know. It's got to be a, a big part of of why companies are, are weighing the, the real act. Well, I would the, like to see, you know, you know when, when you're doing figures that are $200 a pop, you don't have to make many of them. That's another advantage to them is, is while that market yeah. is much smaller, you don't have to make as many or sell as many. And I would love to see somebody on the sixth scale or high-end side do what McFarland did back 10, 12 years ago when they did the movie Maniacs line. You know, they did that exact thing. They decided... Uh, let's just make the one character or two characters out of these licenses and stick them in a line where you've got six different movies or TV shows represented in a series. Yeah. Um, yep. And they made money at it. It worked really well until they went away from that formula and started going all aliens or all predators and mm. and kind of lost that focus. I'd love to see a six-scale yeah. company do that. Do a, you know, icons from TV line or something. That's a great idea. Yeah, I'd, I'd never even thought of that. But yeah, back in those days, that was the most exciting thing was the variety you saw at the store, you know? So it's like, I think that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. 
So somebody out there listening, pick it up and run with it. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> there must be some toy. There must be some toy uh, people out there. You know, that actually that can pull the right strings. I wish I had we some hear? influence. I'd pass it on. Yeah. <laughs> what would you like to work nothing. on, Trevor? <laughs> I'm sorry. What would, what would you really like to work on? What would be what's something oh, that boy. you feel has has or has been done or hasn't been done? What What would you really like to to get done? And then I've, I've got a question for all of our all of the rest of our hosts as well. My next question to all of the hosts then would be: yeah. If you had Trevor to pick one uh, character <laughs> for him to head sculpt, who would you like to see him have a go at? So everyone have a think about that while he's answering this question. This is always like a really hard question for me to answer. It's like I feel like I've gotten to do so much of what I do love. Mm. I mean, there's still things that that haven't been done certainly, and and I feel like I could even do things I have already done better, which I wouldn't <laughs> mind having an opportunity to do that, but. Uh, it, man, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> what do you guys want to see? Well, do you know what? I think because you know, when you did the, the stuff on Breaking Bad, which is just phenomenal, it's so obvious that you love it. It's so obvious that, <laughs> that yeah. you want to do that. <laughs> yeah. that is amazing. And the, 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 the pain of the matter is that you, know, you have the ability. You can do it because you love it. And then you can translate what you love into this beautiful little kind of 3D object, a, a kind of an homage to these actors and people that you know, you've really enjoyed watching on screen. Um, yeah. So for me, personally, it would have to be, a, you know, personally, as a, as, a, as a, I would say a little film, but it's actually a cult film called Withnall and I. Hey! Yeah. Uh, which is a film that I've, it's probably I've seen more than any other film, and I've seen a lot of films a lot of times. I, I can pretty much watch the film and quote it from the beginning to the end. Uh, and the, the two lead characters in that, which are Withnall, obviously, and this other guy who you, you never learn his name during the film, but he's called Marwood in the script. Uh, for me, just to have them as perfect one six replicas on the ice shelf would just, I, I'd just die a happy man. So that, that, that for me would be it. But it's, it's a bit of an obscure one. Yeah, I like if, I gonna man. Have Trevor, if I was going to have Trevor do a custom, and I, I and I will point out that Christmas is right around the corner. Uh, I would uh, uh, I would love a Daryl Dixon from Walking Dead. I think that you know I don't oh, know that oh, yeah. great representation yeah. of those guys and of the set. That would be the one character I'd love them all, but that would be the one I'd really love. Yeah. Awesome, Daryl with his crossbow or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's one I'm really surprised has. Walking Dead especially surprises me that, that nobody's pursuing that. I don't know what's up. <laughs> I mean, there's well, toy companies. Some, somebody like, has picked like Farland, up six, haven't they? But yeah, Three Zero has finally announced they're doing six-scale figures. We'll see how they do. Oh, okay. Oh, they, I see. Uh, they, they showcase um, a couple of zombies and uh, the SDCC. Um, uh, I can't remember. Merle, now. Is, yeah. uh, uh, is Merle, wasn't it? Yeah, I think Merle. That was it, yeah. yeah. It was Merle and a couple of zombies they showed it That's in San Diego. On the chains, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Was it good? Cool. Was it good? Uh, they weren't terrible, but we'll have to. I mean, you know, they were clearly early work, early right, prototypes. Okay. Right. All right, okay. okay. James, what would your. Uh, uh, I'd be Blade Runner for sure. Oh, yeah. good call. That's a big call. One. See, call. you see now. Yeah. I've, now you've said that. That's making me doubt Whitnell. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was so shocked. I mean, Jeff, who's going to buy Whitnell? Yeah, I, I think it'd be just me. Me, I. me, me. I don't care about anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> I, you, I'd you, love to do that. A whole line yeah, of them yeah. would be amazing. Yeah, I just, I'm so shocked that it hasn't happened yet. I understand because of the licensing and stuff, but I would just yeah. think. I mean, '60s Batman just got licensed, right? Oh yeah, so, I think it's going to happen at some point. Yeah, it should be possible. I don't know. It's yeah. going to happen eventually. Decker and a baddie is all you need. Decker and a baddie. Roy. Decker. Yeah. Uh, but it only Chris, well, and Roy and, and you know 
Terrell, the whole, well, you know, if you're a fan, you got to just love the whole lot. But JF said that yeah. with little figures, his little dudes as well, a couple little dudes with him as well. Home again, home again, jiggity jig. <laughs> good evening, JF. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very good suggestion, actually, James, around that one. Um, well, I've got a certain, but I mean, I would love, absolutely love a John Carter. Because I just love that movie. I love John mm, Carter. I want awesome. a John Carter and a Deja Torres exactly like they were in that movie. I love it, and and that's that's, that's what I would absolutely love. And it's just so so. When every time I watch that film, I nearly cry. I just cry because it's just got such a bum deal, and I'm just so annoyed there's no merchandise of it running. So that's what I would love. A lovely John Carter. Although I would love a uh, you know a 1987 Mass Universe movie Skeletor as well. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> Ooh, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, not, not sure about Dolph. That'd be that'd be a lot of uh, that'd be a lot of shiny glass you'd be putting on a figure there. I think to get those pegs all <laughs> yeah, like that. It'd be pretty good. But I think a Skeletor would be pretty good because you get all these lights in his arm and all that kind of stuff. And his face. I know you could go to town on, on that face as well. Get the Frank Langella kind of. Vibe That's a cool idea. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah, there you go, Trev. I mean, feel 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 free. You know? Okay, I'll start working on all this. <laughs> get back to you guys in a week. <laughs> I mean, you you you, you, you must because I, I I get that a lot as an illustrator. So I mean, pe- people just think you can kind of sneeze some stuff together sometimes. Like, oh, I've got yeah. a magic. you know, I've, I've got a create like I've got to create a ninja filter. Oh, can you just do me a quick ninja? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Ninja. <laughs> oh, no, just do me a quick ninja. Yeah. I'm like, well, uh, there's no create a the, ninja uh... filter in Photoshop, dude. Yeah. I love the people who are kind of ignorant to the, the process of it, though, because you, you get a lot of passion from people, and it's awesome mm. that they want you to work on stuff. It's just they don't realize it's like, oh, man, it's a month if I could only work on that alone. and <laughs> So, yeah, it's it's cool, but, uh, yeah. yeah, I feel the same way. But, but so I think people just think... People just think it's a hobby. I mean, I worked as an illustrator yeah. designer for a long time, and for no for, for no end of times, people would say to me, "Oh, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking of doing this thing. Could could you have a look at it? And perhaps you could just sketch something from in the evening when you're watching television." Yeah. Thinking, well, hang on, that's not the way it works. It's my job. You know, you wouldn't ask a mechanic to come around and fix your car in the evening when he's watching television. It's, it's, it's just a perception of as an artist. You're just oh, it's a bit hairy fairy. You can just do it whenever you want. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the side of it where it's like, oh, I wish you understood that this was really hard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. Would you bounce around then between uh, head sculpts then uh, when you're like working on one? Oh, would you, would, you, would you bounce yeah. around between ones and the I other? I like to and... do that. Yeah, I like to do that because it's just, it keeps your eye fresh, you know. I, it's kind of, I don't like to have a ton of stuff going at once just because I feel like I'm not getting any of it done. But having like two or three, three is really good just because you can... You'll think you're on the right path with a portrait, and then you work on something else for a little while, come back to it, and you're like, "Oh man, what was I seeing?" Yep, yep. And uh, <laughs> it, yeah, it's nice to to keep your, yourself fresh. It is. It is. You need, you need that kind of third eye refresh, don't you? Yes. So, <laughs> do you ever do you ever show your work to somebody early on else other than you to look at it and say, uh, "Hey, I think I'm doing this really well. What do you think?" I've never been I get really like timid with that. I like to only show it when I feel like I've got something and and then I'm open to criticism afterwards, but yeah, I, I get it, it's just a personal hang up. I, I I have a hard time showing rough stuff cuz I'm like I know that this isn't there and I'm going to just keep pushing till I think it's there. Then I'll get criticisms, you know, and and see what to do. I, it it may be kind of a counterproductive way to do things, but I I've always kind of had that that hang up. Do you find criticism is good for you when you would you would, are you are you quite open to it? Yeah, yeah. Well, when it's coming from people that I I know have a good eye, you Your know. Peers, I mean, kind of yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and like companies uh, that I work for, if they've got things they want to change, I 
it's almost always for the better. So you, you do it and you may not see it at first, but once you make the changes, you're like, oh yeah, that, that needed to be done. <laughs> so it's, it's such a hard, it's, it's like a giant math equation trying to figure out a face and you're going to yeah. get a few numbers wrong, you know, every time. So yeah, some people can help you figure things out a little bit and get the equation to be a little more harmonious. <laughs> Can I just say, I mean, obviously, I've, you know, I've mentioned it already a couple of times, the Breaking Bad portraits and everything you've done. I've been really impressed with a lot of the stuff I've been watching, you know, just you've been posting up on Facebook. But oh, from you. your perspective, you know, being someone who works in the trade, I, I mean, would you say there's a, you know, could you mention two or three jobs that have come up recently by other artists that you've thought, wow, you know, that's really standing out for me. That's something oh, yeah. I just think is a Yeah, I mean, really I'm kind of pretty impressed with just about everything that comes out but there have been yeah. some things that have uh like with hot toys they did uh i mean <laughs> it's more iron man stuff but i really like it they did a uh, ben yeah. kingsley mandarin i think that oh, yeah. is just yeah. really good and also cool. their uh uh the from man of steel their michael shannon i think that's the expression mm. thing is really admirable that they're yeah. they're going for something that's that intense yeah <laughs> which it i mean through production who knows if it's going to work out but Usually, I think that's kind of why we see a lot of things that are sort of the uh, expressionless because they know they yeah. can kind of get it through without looking a little funky in the end. But I admire the, the boldness and then doing expression stuff because it's hard. <laughs> Absolutely, oh, then, and I think yeah, and I think it takes us back to that whole licensor thing again. It's because like you know, a lot of yeah. actors might not want to be depicted with a grimace or whatever. They just that's want true. to kind of look. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. There's also a company, uh, well, it's a, they make custom figures, just really impressive stuff. I did uh, some work with them. They call it iMiniMe. Uh, oh, anybody oh, from the yeah, message yeah. boards knows. Yeah. They, they just, uh, I don't know the artist that did the work on it, but they did a, a Lee Van Cleef from Good, the Bad, and the Ugly recently that just Sweet. blew me away. I think it looks oh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, and any more questions now for Trevor? Because we'll we'll start wrapping it up soon. I mean, I, I was conscious because I had I had one final question, but while uh, while he's answering, I have to think about your each of your last question for Trevor, and we we'll, we can wrap it up there. My question, my final question, Trevor, would be: Let's take uh, as it's so popular, the Breaking Bad head sculpt. How uh -huh. long? How many? How many hours would you think you would have put down? Maybe not at hours, but let's say if you were to add the hours up into a day, how many days or weeks would it take you to get that head sculpt from from start to finish? Forgetting the you know the waiting time for the clients to come back with for approvals, right. stuff, but the actual working hours on a on a head sculpt like from start to finish. How <laughs> we'll say Breaking Bad, the Walt, the Walt, yeah. uh, the Heisenberg head from Breaking Bad. How long would that take you? That one was about a week and a half, like for the first permutation of it, which was like uh, I think I did the bald, just mustache version. Right. Uh, that I was just like really pumped at the time. That's actually pretty fast for me. I, I at least two weeks, uh, usually two and a half to do a really good portrait. But right. um, That's yeah, like the, the Breaking thing. Bad stuff. Would be like a, I'm sorry. That would be like that would be like nine to five hours, like a, a week of nine to five, roughly. Oh yeah, five, I work all the time. It's like, yeah, yeah it, for me, I can't really, one of the problems really in, in this business is trying to figure out how you can balance yourself, and I've I've been pretty bad at that. <laughs> I just kind of try to push as hard as I can on a thing until it looks good, and it's usually a week and a half to two weeks to, to get a, a good portrait, if that's all I'm working on, and that's kind of rarely the case now. I'm balancing two or three things at once, so it, they all take quite a bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> cool, Mike, a question? Cool. Sure. Uh, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give um, new artists trying to get into the business? Yeah. Um, you do it for the right reason. Whatever you're into, do that. Don't try to make work that you think is going to be, you know, appreciated because you think it's going to get you a job or something. Just do whatever you're passionate about. And... Uh, be critical of yourself. You know, don't ever think that you're any good. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a point where that's unhealthy too. But uh, you know, just be be honest with with how you look at your own work and just keep at it. <laughs> yeah, the thing I'd I'd finish up with Trevor would be that you know, obviously, uh, a lot of the stuff we're talking about today is 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 kind of fan favorite stuff, and it's also stuff that you're commissioned to actually work on. Um, but I wonder where you see yourself, you know, I don't want to pin you down too much, but where you see yourself in five, ten years from now, do you see yourself doing more pure art or do you see yourself working very much in this field or perhaps moving into television or film work? I don't know. I just wondered what your kind of uh, personal aspirations were. Yeah, that's actually something that's been on my mind quite a bit lately. Uh, I hope that I can continue on in, the, in this field, but as things kind of keep you know, progressing with the realism, it gets mm. insanely hard to to make something that anybody's happy with, and that's kind of, you know, it, it, that makes it tough to to keep at it. I've been kind of fatigued this year with stuff, and in in the interest of keeping myself fresh, I do see. I I would think in years to come, I'll be kind of jumping around to other things, just uh, yeah. hopefully not abandoning anything that I'm I'm already working on because I do very much enjoy this kind of stuff. Just yeah. that the process sometimes bogs you down, and and you mm. do need to kind of jump around. I would love to do some kind of more personal work, stuff yeah. that everybody would look at. It sounds like George Lucas or something. Stuff that people would look at and not like, <laughs> but I would love. Just cool stuff <laughs> for stuff's sake. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think we all, as artists, uh, that's all we really kind of want to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, it's something I found, you know, when you move into the world of work and, you know, you're commissioned to do everything, it's kind of like, I found there was less and less time personally, you know, as an illustrator, just to do the stuff I wanted to do, and you do just end up doing the work. Yes. Um, and I, I've always thought that regardless of what your art form is, whether you're a writer or a painter or a filmmaker, you know, if you're an artist, it will out, it's got to come out, you'll, you'll do it somehow. And, and I, yeah. you know, I, I kind of began to realize perhaps I'm not the artist I thought I was, perhaps I am an illustrator, you know. And, uh, right. and I think you know, I admire if you can find that. If you can find that to do that, t take the time, find the time, then that's uh, that's admirable. Admirable. Yeah, that is, that is the challenge. Is uh, it's like you're you're exhausted from the the work you have to do. <laughs> exactly. And then if yeah. you can find time to to kind of pursue your own stuff, it yeah, it, it is admirable. I I don't of, often find the time to do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck. <laughs> Thank discipline, you. And, discipline and tiredness are a hard cocktail, man. I'll tell you. Yes. <laughs> And commuting. Add commuting to that. And commuting. <laughs> James, your question? Uh, I don't know if I'd even ask another question. I think I'd probably just heap more praise on Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't do that. <laughs> well, I just you. I think it's neat that in like in a day and age where, you know, people are using three D modeling and three D printing and doing so many other things with sculpting, I think it's cool that there's somebody who's as accomplished as he is and approaches it kind of from a classical standpoint. Um, I just think it's really neat. Hands-on. Oh, thank you. 
Yeah, that's, that's, actually, that's actually really, that's actually a really good point. Actually, it's, that's a little quick question there. Actually, yeah. well, well, what do you th- what do you think, Trevor, on that? Like comparatively, because you know we, we started with the 3D scanning, and I just I just remember my friend having uh, you know WWF figures or WE figures, and they yep. started that 3D scanning stuff, and it's like, oh well, yeah, it does look like the do, but it just doesn't look quite right because it's not doesn't have that kind of yeah, there's something put the, the uh, actors posting there are stilted or it's just a bit like <laughs> stoned looking or something, you know. It's they look like plastic <laughs> cadavers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, plastic okay. cadavers. They don't. They don't. They don't look quite right. So, where 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 is your stand there? Because I would always love to hope that, like, I, I like I want 2D animation to continue. I would never yes. want 3D to take over. I mean, would it be having mm. a similar bag with you that where you wouldn't want Absolutely, ever yeah. to? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm very much the same way. I, I think. I mean, I, I'm curious to see where it's going to get because it does seem to be progressing year by year. But at the same time, yeah. so far, it, until they can get a print that matches what these artists are, are doing on uh, in the 3D programs, it's kind of it doesn't really help a lot because you got to do so much work after the thing is is milled out or printed. Yeah. Now there are, there are some guys though that uh, I mean are doing great work in that. I think of. Uh, Adam Ross is a sculptor who I think almost exclusively works digitally. And yeah. I'd be curious to see uh, how his uh, printing process and stuff goes and how he has to, you know, what his process is after the fact. That's still because quite hands-on, though, isn't it, the, the, the digital stuff? It's still, can, you're still, I mean, I yeah. know it's a, it's, it's, it's a, you know, a, a virtual reality piece of mold, but you're still, it still has that hands hands-on stuff, though, doesn't mm. it, to a certain degree? Or do you feel there's still a separation there? Is it, is it, is oh, it yeah, about getting I, your hands dirty and getting under your fingernails? For me, that's what I enjoy. Like, any time I sit down at a computer, mm. it, I, I can't... I, I don't connect with it the same way. But uh, anybody who does, you know, I think it's great. I have no kind of... I have any... All, you know, I support any kind of <laughs> creative expression, but uh, it, it, for me, I can't connect with it, you know? If it all goes digital yeah. at some point, that's kind of the point where I'm out of the business. <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what? That's kind of how I feel. It's kind of, you know, I've got to a position in my life. I've been illustrating for years. I was traditionally an airbrush artist, and, and uh-huh. you know, masking things out and using frisk film and artboard and whatever. Yeah. And obviously, like most people, I've moved into using Photoshop and whatever, and, it, and it's kind of cool. But but there is part of me that just really yearns for that, and, and still to this day, Absolutely. although I've got although I've got a, you know a tablet in front of me and I've got Photoshop. When I'm doing my initial sketches, it's all on a pad. It's all with paper. It's all with pencil. Even if it's you know scribbly and smudged to hell, I will then scan that in, and that is then my starting point. I, I can't yep. personally start with a tablet yet. <laughs> That's just Get the way it works. Getting nice and dirty. That's what you want—a little bit of ink on the old Yeah, exactly. You, want, you, want <laughs> yep. some gra- you need some graphite on your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Your house, your house. If someone's knocking on your door there, so I think that's probably a good sign for us to actually end the show because I think I think kids are knocking on doors and dinners are now ready for everybody. So thank, you ve- thank you very much, Trevor, for coming on our eleventh illuminating episode. Cheers, Trevor. It's been brilliant. Thanks, Thanks. Trevor. Thanks for having me, guys. This was a lot of fun. You can find my uh, gallery of work on DeviantArt or uh, I'm on Facebook, just Trevor Grove. Uh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Europe listeners, look no further than space. Space, search for popular action figures and collectibles ends. The best service possible and steady accessibility by email and telephone is one of the top priorities at space. They carry a wide range of collectibles, not only from major brands like Sideshow, Hot Toys, Enterbay, NECA and McFarlane, but they also specialize in the exotic and small manufacturers. 
A very important department to them is their 1-6 scale section, which is currently getting bigger and bigger, offering lots of clothes, bodies, head sculpts and accessories. Hot Toys is of course one of their specialities, so you can pre-order all newly announced figures from their web store. They often have Hot Toys figures in stock earlier than any other dealers. They are also the best source in Europe for convention exclusives. Space loves what they do, so you can depend on them for secure packaging, ensuring your items reaches you in mint condition. In-stock items get processed normally the same day. Pre-ordering customers will be notified in advance once an item arrives in stock and before it gets shipped. Space is located in Germany and offers clearly arranged shipping flat rates to all European countries. On most destinations you can even get free shipping. For EU customers this of course means that you will not be surprised by any customs visa or import taxes. Space is serving us collectors with the finest items for over 15 years. If you are located anywhere in Europe, do go to Space. www.space-figures.com If you feel there's any topics we should be covering, please do let us know. You can email me, Eamon, at EamonArt.com, or you can contact Mike at his website, which is... MWCToys.com And uh, on our upcoming podcast, we have some more. We should have some more guests coming up at you in the next few weeks as well, so keep your ears tuned on that. There's a thread <coughs> on the Sideshow Freaks message board about the podcast, so go in there and have a, have a gander in there, post any questions you'd like on there. Gentlemen, if you'd like to give our guests a good adieu... Adieu. Adieu. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Good night. <laughs>